This is your host, T. This is your host, Tia. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Top 10. Why? Geek Vibes Nation. Geek Vibes Nation. 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 The Top 10. The Top 10. All right. Hello, 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 everyone. It always takes forever for Skype to start recording, but good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're deciding to listen to this. Hopefully you're just listening to it, but this is the top 10 with Tia for Geek Nation, and I have, well, of course, and I have with me a lovely co-host, as always, Brittany. How are you doing this morning? Well, it's not that great of a morning because the cats are ignoring me, but I guess it'll be okay. No, I'm just joking. At least you didn't wake up to your cat, like, chewing on plastic. One of them <laughs> chewing on plastic and another gagging somewhere. And that's how I woke up this morning. Oh, my gosh. I was going to say, Aaron did wake up to cat throw up and was like, you means like you fucker. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. That's the reaction every time. And in our apartment, we got a tiny little tree because there's no place here to put a big tree. But we have a tiny little tree in the windowsill, and I woke up, and it was on the floor. And I was like, you mother effers. Can I not have anything nice? But yeah. No, I can't. Oh, Brittany, I remember what I was going to ask you <laughs> before we started the podcast. That's that's great. Um, oh, it, uh, what was it? It was, uh, tell your man to get me that information that he needs to get me. That's not the wrong context of the podcast, but I swear, it's it's legit. All right? <laughs> We're not doing anything illegal here. No. <laughs> um, but That you know of. That you know of. Brittany, I'm very excited for this week's top 10. I wrote down the exact title because I realized the original title was probably going to be too long. And now I have to go to my notes, which I should have been more prepared. I apologize here. I mean, kind of, maybe. Not maybe. Really. She doesn't apologize for anything. No, I really don't. Where the hell is it? Did it, did it delete and... These bastards. These so real bastards here. So unprofessional. No, I'm sure. <laughs> Apparently. But it, so our top ten is going to be the top ten video games we want in live action. I think that kind of, um, you know, <laughs> encompasses it perfectly. Yes. Because mine are going to have to have a little bit of CGI, but for the most part, it could be like a live action world with CGI characters, if that makes sense. I guess that makes sense. That's perfectly fine. Because I was sitting there, I was like, there's just some things that are going to need a second. Oh, yeah, definitely. But I'm pretty freaking excited. Um, And I figured... It would be a good one to do because Brittany, of course, is the video game extraordinaire here. Oh, my God. I'm telling you, quick, quick thing, just just for, because uh, you know how we go off the rails, I might as well. Playing Cooking Simulator has, like, a Gordon Ramsay knockoff, and I call him Gordon Gamsey, I think is what I call him. Um, but he, um, so... Uh, 
playing that game makes me so freaking salty. Like, I'm telling you, Tia, you saw me playing it. I accidentally destroyed the deep fryer, um, and I didn't know I could do that. And so there's a part in the game where you're doing stuff, right? And Gordon Ramsay is trying to teach you how to cook. And I was talking to Chad while, like, hearing the instructions. And if you don't move fast enough, he starts freaking out, like, red in the face, like, crazy, angry face. And I was like, oh, God, it is the real Gordon Ramsay. I was going to say, I mean, that sounds pretty on par for who Gordon Ramsay is. So, but I loved your cooking simulator game. I watched it for a little while the other night and I think it just cracks me up because you know I love I love watching that YouTuber Grace still plays. So, he does a lot of shit like that, simulator games and I think they're hilarious because the physics in it are just ridiculous. They make no sense. They make no sense whatsoever, but it's just hilarious to me because it's like, what's the point of this? Does anyone actually learn how to cook with these simulators? I need to know that. There's a bee simulator where you're just a bee going around and pollinating shit being a happy little bee. Really? Yes. Uh, have you played it? <laughs> I, have, I have not. I have been asked many times to please play it, but I, I don't know if my brain cells can take it. My brain cells have been through a lot lately, <laughs> I kind of don't want, like, you to do it. I think okay. that should be your next one. I'll do it for you. I, I do it for you, girl. I do it for you. Yes, yes. Um, But, yeah, so, I mean, Brittany's list will probably have a lot well, I don't know. I'm not going to make any assumptions, but it'll probably have a lot more modern games than mine because, as we know, I'm the worst with video games. All of my video games are from, like, 2010 and before. But it's really interesting because for the past, what, 10, 12 years, the thing in Hollywood has been to adapt comic books we've seen obviously the surge of marvel movies dc films which i'm hearing really good things about wonder woman 1984 but now it seems as if hollywood is also finally trying to adapt um video games in a live action sense they just announced uh well so you know they're doing mortal Kombat, they're doing uncharted um a bunch of others that, oh, the Halo series that's upcoming, and just, what is the other one that I was thinking about that you laughed at me because I was like, Silver Snake or something? Oh, Metal Gear Solid! Yeah, Metal Gear Solid that, um, oh, God, what was I going to say, that Oscar Isaac just got cast for. So, I mean, there's a lot, like, out there that are you know there's a lot of video games out there that are being adapted into a live action sense and i think it's worth having this conversation of what video games we'd like to see in a live action i'm 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 there for it because there's a lot of games that i especially grew up with as a kid now do you remember because aaron brought this up to me this morning when i was like (laughs) what'd you say 
I started singing this song. Do you remember? <laughs> oh my god, I love that song. By the way, except do you ever hate that when uh, when you're looking for September and uh, December starts playing? I think it's like like a sequel song to it. No, <laughs> it's a different version of it. It's the same people, oh um, but oh, sorry. I, I asked Darren. We were eating cereal this morning, and I said, you know, I was going through, I said, will you help me think of some games? And he said, uh, oh, wait, 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 what did he say? He said, do you remember the old, like, Mario uh, movie? Oh, that I think is dubbed probably the worst um, video game movie ever. I, it looked terrible <laughs> i was obsessed with as a kid and so was my older brother who was a huge mario fan but i think i asked him one time i said oh sometimes i want to rewatch." he goes don't he said whatever good memories you have of your head of like what it was please just just save yourself he said the same thing about like the original power rangers movie he was like please it doesn't hold up anymore don't ruin it for yourself oh my god um, yeah, we've talked before where there are certain movies that I remembered so fondly as a child and went back and rewatched as an adult, and I was like, this is crap, and so obviously, obviously it's, like, ruined for me forever, but yeah, um, I'm sure that you would probably hate it now, <laughs> but again, video game movies are getting so huge, um, I thought Detective Pikachu was actually really good, right? <laughs> Cute. I like. No, there was sometimes when I was like, I didn't imagine them to be super furry. Like, I I know that's kind of like the thing that they are animals, you know. You know, like, oh, they're gonna be feathers, and they're gonna be furry. But there was some that were furry, and I was just like, uh, 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 uh. I still thought it was really cool, and this is like. I haven't been a Pokemon fan in a long time, but I thought the movie itself was pretty well done. I didn't see the Sonic movie, but it was successful. Um, now, Lady Boner for Ryan Reynolds help you kind of, like, love it, too? No, no, because can I tell you, and I guess this is spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen Detective Pikachu... I was actually super upset to realize that, say, Pikachu wasn't always going to be voiced by Ryan Reynolds. It was this whole thing where it was the dad in Pikachu, and then, you know, he came out, and then he was just regular Ryan Reynolds, which, you know, again, regular Ryan Reynolds is fine, but it's like, oh, I loved, like, smart Alec Pikachu, because that's how Pikachu was in the anime. It's just except he wasn't talking, but I would have loved that. Me too. There's actually a game. There was a game of Detective Pikachu before the actual movie. Well, no, I know that because I remember when the movie was being developed, I had seen some people online asking, you know, why is this the Pokemon story that gets adapted when it was seemingly, from what I had heard, because I never played the game, but what I had heard, people were like, oh, it's such an obscure little game to be adapted when it's like, why couldn't they adapt, say, the original cartoon with Ash and all that, you know? I think what it was for them is that they're trying to go, like, I think we're getting to the point where Pokemon is getting still. Like, I used to be so excited for the games, right? Especially when they come out to the Switch, I was like, oh, this is their next big move. But it just felt like the same old, same old, or, you know, getting worse. Well, they didn't put as much love into it. So I think they're starting to want to go down a different 
path, like, with their games, like, to try to, like, change it up, and I think they wanted to see how uh, receptive people were to something that big of a change, and people ended up loving it, so I think they're going to be like, okay, now we can do the weird shit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I look forward to it, because I did actually watch the original anime with the movie, and I wouldn't mind if that was adapted, but anyway... Let's get to it. Um, of course, be oh, two things I wanted to say before we get to the actual list. One is, of course, you guys need to go follow our friends over at Stranger Damies. You know what it is. It's the Real Play ongoing D&D podcast from the main Damie family of podcasts. Make sure you check them out every single week. They're amazing friends of the podcast. They are supporters of the top ten. You can check them out at Stranger Damies on Twitter and Instagram, of course, at geekfivesnation.com because there are BFFs. Also, Brittany, for a little bit of positivity in your life, I found this new um, Instagram page. He also has a TikTok, but as you know, I'm banned from TikTok for no fucking reason whatsoever. Banned? I can't remember. Like, did you ever find out why? I never found out why. I literally just created a username and put a picture And next time I went to go log in, it was like, you've uh, went against our rules or something. And I was like, I literally just did my name and my picture. I don't know how. But anyway, there's this Instagram page called, the guy's name is Nick Cho, but it's Your Korean Dad. It's so cute. It's this guy and every video, he's just like, hi, it's your Korean dad. And he just does like lifestyle things. Like he goes to Costco. He's trying like coffee. He's so freaking positive. So it's like I was just scrolling through the Instagram, just smiling while like watching all his little videos. And they're so quick because they're originally TikToks. So, yeah, I definitely endorse this. but. like I could use that kind of positivity in my life. I think we all do right now. So I definitely endorse that. Make sure you check it out. And Brittany, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, next time I'm in New York, when all this stuff chills out, we need to go to uh, the Nintendo. uh, Oh, what's it called? Nintendo World? I don't know. It's a big store in New York City. We can go. We can go whenever. The world decides to not be a fucked up place. But let's um, move on to our actual top 10, which is the top 10 video games we'd like to see in live action. Brittany, as always, you start us off with the number 10. Give us what you got. I'm going to start strong and go with one of my favorite games. And it's a game I would like to replay. But even if I was to find the system, which wouldn't be that much, the game itself sells for 200 or $300, even a fucked up copy of it. Shit. Okay. Which one is it? TV Robo. I have, have I heard of this? It seems familiar. Okay. So it was originally on the GameCube, right? And TV <laughs> Robo is about this little, okay. This family has their house, right, and they buy a little robot, and this little robot's job that you play as is to clean the entire house, and in his little head pops out a little brush, and he will, like, clean, like, little footprints. Uh, You can, like, it's kind of like Toy Story in a way, too, because uh, 
it won't happen for the adults or like the children, but if you get close to the toys, the toys will talk and interact. And I think even the the animals talk, and you can like go around doing stuff. But the whole thing is that um, like, and I thought it'd be cute as like kind of like for a kids kind of movie, you know, like where it's like you got the live action of like the house and the human actors, but that's why I was like, oh, the CGI would probably be like the toys and the actual main character themselves, Chibi Robo. And uh, because you could even have the dogs talking, you just have to CGI their mouth and stuff. But the whole world itself would be live action. But there's like another like fuller story to it about how um, there was like an original robot before you, like a much older model, kind of like Wally. That's why I was like, oh, this would be a good movie. Uh, and this is spoiler alerts too, and I, it's been a long time since I played it because I can't get my hands on it, so I'm not as fresh on it, but there was an original robot, the like you, whose job was kind of like that, but Chibi Robo is such a newer model, he's tiny, he like fits in your hand, right? Mm-hmm. And what's cute is that you have like a little plug that trails behind you, and if it's just trailing behind you, you walk slower, but if you pick it up over your head and just trot around with it, you can run faster because you don't have, you know, it dragging behind you. And so your energy will run low, so you can go plug it into an outlet to, like, recharge yourself real quick, and, you know, you just go about cleaning. And uh, and if you end up, like, running out of energy, I think one of the humans will go, oh, man, you ran out of energy, and they'll scoop you up and go plug you in somewhere. But, uh the main story is about, like, there was an older model of you that was more, like, not human size, like, like, Wally size, right? Like, much bigger, like a much bigger robot, more like a, like a Rob. I don't remember, you know, like, from Super Smash Brothers, like, the old game, too. But, yeah. uh, he'll, uh, the whole thing was, is that they broke down, and this person was, like, family to them, kind of like you, but they were never able to fix them. So you basically run around and try to find any spare parts you can for this little guy, and at the end of it, you finally bring him back to life, and the family's so happy because he's been in, like, the basement all this time just broken, and they could never fix him, and you fix him, and it's all one big happy family. But there's so many side stories. Like, there's, like, these egg toys that are like soldiers and they're like at war with these other things and you're just like trying to help them with this war it's just i think it would make for a very cute like kids movie you know what i mean it does sound adorable and it i'm sorry can you hear me oh god i hate when i get calls right and it completely pauses the fucking Skype. I apologize. Oh, I remember, like I said, you know, me doing it on my phone and I couldn't get it fixed. Oh my god, it's so annoying, and it's all like these dumb telemarketers. I apologize, everyone, but I was going to say that it's kind of in the same vein as like Sonic and Pokemon are adapted and. They have this mixture of live action and CGI because obviously we saw what it looked like if they tried to make a more realistic Sonic. Um, We just wanted to look like how it looked in the video games. But it's good for the whole family, right? Um, 
if you're an adult and you want to hit on that nostalgia, you can do, go see it. And, you know, if there's children, you can go bring the children to it. So it sounds really cute. I swear it sounds familiar. Either I've seen this or maybe you've even talked about it before. I can't remember. I've talked about it before. I will say that. Oh, okay. So that's probably where I've gotten it from. Um, I feel bad for the GameCube because I feel like it's such a forgotten console. <laughs> it was so short-lived. I know. It, it was like, but it was such a good console. I didn't see anything wrong with it. I mean, it was compact. It had an interesting look to it. The discs were smaller. and. I thought the controller was just fine. I didn't own a GameCube, but a very good friend of mine did. And I would go over her house and we'd play freaking, I don't know, like a, uh, a skiboarding game. And we'd play Mario Party and shit like that. And I just thought it was fine. I didn't see anything wrong with it. But I never see anyone, t- like when you talk about beloved game consoles, no one ever talks about the GameCube. I was obsessed with them. Some of my most favorite games came out on the GameCube. Uh, I think think Wind Waker came out to GameCube. I never heard of that. But I think, um, didn't the really popular um, Zelda game come up on GameCube, the Ocarina of Time? Oh, okay, so Ocarina of Time came out on the N64, I think. But, but Legend of Zelda Wind Waker came out on GameCube. Oh, okay. When you said Wind Waker at first, I was like, I've never heard of that before. You have to just say a Zelda game. <laughs> I was never into Zelda. Polly was really into Zelda. And I think that's what it was. I, at some point um, during our relationship, I remember going over to his place and he would be playing on a GameCube, a Zelda game. So it must have been Wind Waker. I think it was. Let me see. Which, let's see which Zelda games came to GameCube. Because I'm curious, too. Because I know they made uh, remade Ocarina of Time for the 3DS, I believe. Well, see if they remade it for the GameCube. Let me see. Um, I think they made a version. It was, yes, I think they actually made a version for GameCube. But okay, I think so it that's was what... really expensive. But Wind Waker was the original one that came out with it that people were obsessed with. But they had the Legend of Zelda Collector's Edition for GameCube. That was Ocarina of Time. And I think that was when we were first starting to see, like, remakes put in, like, better. Uh, it, it's uh, Legend of Zelda Collector's Edition uh, promotional disc includes four classic games, I think, is what, which had Zelda, Zelda 2, Ocarina of Time, and Majora's Mask. I think that was definitely it, because I know he played Ocarina of Time, but I it definitely wasn't on an N64. So there you go. We figured that out. High five. But High five. So, so Brittany is starting off this list uh, strong with the Chibi Robo. Did I get that correct? Yes, I love Chibi Robo. I'm actually, <laughs> I was actually looking to see if they were going to remake it anytime soon, because I was so obsessed with that game, Tia. You don't even understand. I love it. Um, So there you go. That's our 10. I'm going to hit the number 9. Now, 
I am going to preference in saying that I've actually never played this game. I only heard of it recently, but I thought the concept was so cool, and I thought it would make an awesome movie. So um, about a week ago – all right, here's the, like, backstory here, okay? About a oh, week ago – about a week ago, Paulie started watching this guy called Nexpo, or Nick Crowley is his name on YouTube, and he does like all these like um, creepy videos where he explores, say, creepy things on the internet, right? But then every once in a while, he does like a creepy video game review um, or whatever. Like one video, he talked about exploring the old MMOs that are pretty much abandoned but now used for people to just want to chat. Um, and that is freaky enough on its own. Yeah. But but one of the videos he did was on this video game that came out in 2015 called Soma. And oh, 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 I know. Is it an MMO? No, it's not an MMO. I was just using that as an example. It wasn't an MMO. Okay. Um, what Soma was, and this is like, again, I've not played it, but he went through pretty much like the whole story of it. And it's this video game that takes place during a time where, um, this guy wakes up essentially in the future. And it's during a time where people's like bodies can't die through the help of say robots and this like liquid that's injected into them and of course it was first made as say a good thing but then it's like you have this apocalyptic world where shit like a nuclear holocaust essentially happened and people can't die because the machines are keeping them alive even if they are in like excruciating pain so it's oh, like really, so it's like really fucked up but the whole point of the video game is for the main character to try to get his consciousness to be transmitted into this like virtual utopia right but the thing is so you have to essentially make a copy of your consciousness but the thing is is that what you don't realize two things are when your consciousness gets transferred into another version of yourself that doesn't mean that it left the other like body like that then then exists then there's a then there's a there's a version of you that's living in say a really fucked up state right and then the other thing to remember is that it's a coin toss so when you're made a copy of your consciousness could like who like your perception could jump into the next copy or your consciousness could remain in the old copy. And what I mean by that is that, and again, spoiler alert, I guess, but at the end of the video game, he and this other person, right, they finally made it to where they can transfer their mindset into this virtual utopia. And he, like, gets to it finally. It scans, whatever, and he's, like, excited, and he, like, opens his eyes, but he's still in the fucked-up post-apocalyptic world. Oh, and he's no. And he's like, wait, did the transfer not 
you know, did the transfer not work? And the other woman is like, yeah, it worked. You know, we did it. Like our consciousness went to the virtual utopia. And he's like, but I'm not there. I'm here. And she's like, what don't you get? It's it's a toying cost. Like you lost. She's like, but be like glad for our consciousness and our copy that did make it to the, you know, utopia. So it's like you have a, oh, like, no, a ver- that sucks though. <laughs> that sucks so bad. So there's a version of his consciousness that's just living in this like beautiful green, like happy utopia while he oh, is stuck, no. while he is stuck on the post-apocalyptic world, unable to die for all eternity it is so fucked up but i was like imagine what kind of sick and twisted movie or even series that would make i am i'm all there for that i mean <laughs> golly no i see i now thinking back i have heard about soma because people have wanted me to play it because i was playing a lot of scary games and I was like, oh, and I looked through it, and I was like, no, it seems too scary. I don't want to play. And well, now I get why. Well, when, yeah, no, it's really creepy, because when Nick Crowley, the YouTuber, was going through it, it looked, like, creepy as hell. Um, and even, say, the promotion for the video game was also creepy. All ex- The whole video game is supposed to kind of ask, like, what is human consciousness, right? Um And he was explaining that the video game, you know, it got really positive reviews, but it didn't blow up at the time because it came out during the time when, say, like Resident Evil was coming out and all that. So video games like that really overtook it. But it's I had never heard of it before. And the whole video, I was just sitting there going, this is like the most fucked up thing I've ever heard. But advanced fucked up. It's advanced fucked up, but. Put it in a video game, I mean, put it in a movie or a TV show scenario, like a live action, especially with the technology that we have now for graphics, I think it would look really cool, and it would, the done right, the, the story would be awesome. I feel like I would want that, but I would not watch it because I am a pussy. Yeah, me too. No, totally. I mean, it was, I, the most thing that I remember in in one of the clips is the guy that you're playing as, right? He walks around the corner and this, there's this girl who's on the floor and she's clearly just in so much pain and so like dying pretty much, but not able to die because you see she's hooked up to all these wires and shit like that. And she's just like, kill me. And he's like, oh, my God, like, I can't. You can't die because no one can because the machines, you know, don't allow it to happen. I wonder, can you unhook anybody from the machines? Well, it did seem like he was able to go and to the main breaker and do that. But if you're in the situation where you yourself are hooked up, I don't think you're able to do that. Like, someone else would have to do it for you. It was just really messed up. <laughs> it was yeah, really fucked up. That's shit. Yeah, definitely. It certainly reminded me a little bit of The Matrix. So that's why I think it would be a pretty cool live-action TV show or movie. And it's really weird where it's like I haven't played it, but just even watching a video describing it, just like, Oh my god, it captured me. Even though yeah. I was so just, 
even though I was so disturbed, I was so enamored by it as, at the same time. You're a freak, but you're my freak. <laughs> it's really weird when you watch those, like, creepy sort of videos. It's like, at first, you're saying, I'm never going to sleep tonight. And then suddenly you go, I can't look away. It's like a train wreck. It's like a train wreck, and that's what this guy's, like, whole YouTube uh, page was, was just me just staring, like, I need to look away, but I can't look away. It was just messed up. But, yeah, so Soma, um, definitely, again, it came out in 2015. If anyone has ever actually played this video game, be, like, super interested, it didn't seem like, it was that popular amongst, like, actual players, even though, again, critical reception was pretty good. I'm looking it up now just to see, right? Um, scary game streamer, like, staple, but I don't know about other things with it. It says um, Soma is a survival horror video game developed and pu- published by Frictional Games. The game was released in September of 2015 for Microsoft Windows, OS X, Linux, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. So, I mean, it was available on big systems. I guess it just didn't, um, you know, get that popular out there but yeah so if you have played this game and you can attest to the fucked upness about it let me know but Brittany, <laughs> let's move on what's your number eight let me see here because there's so many i have i just gotta think of how i want to space them out um I'm going to go ahead and go, this is another one that would be, it kind of would be live action mostly, but still in the sense of, you know, people were with Lion King where they're like, it's not live action. But keep in mind, only like two things would be non-live action. Um, It would have to be Okami. And this is my favorite game of all time. Like when people go, what's your favorite game? I normally go, Okami. Have, Have I told you about this game? I don't think so. So, uh, Okami is about, there is the sun goddess named Amaterasu, right? And um, I think it's mythology for, it's like Japanese mythology. But basically, the, the prequel story is that there was this white wolf named Shiranue, I think is how they say their name. Don't come for me if I mispronounce it who there was a famous swordsman, right? And that this great beast named Orochi, Orochi would eat a maiden, I think, like every eight years or like every, no, at this time, I think it was like every year it would eat a maiden, right? And one year in this town that I always chose from, uh, the maiden that got chosen was the swordsman's like love of his life, right? So he chose to go kill Orochi, which was like this eight-headed snake or not. I think it had eight heads. No, it doesn't have eight heads. I think it has like four or five heads. I can't remember. That's that's the thing. Is it's my favorite game, but I forget those kind of things. Um, so he goes and he faces off, and they say with the help of a white wolf, right, that he was able to defeat Orochi. But during this conflict, the white wolf died. And so, but, you know, Orochi was slain or sealed away, and uh, 
everything was fine. And it, at the temple where Orochi was killed, there was a sword embedded that was put to, like, that was the great swordsman's, like, sword that he placed there to kind of, like, seal it off, right? So now it's modern time. And the monsters are starting to come back, and nobody knows why. And basically, you find out that Shiranui uh, was actually wasn't a white wolf. It was actually the goddess Amaterasu, like, uh, like was the wolf, and that you actually look like a very godly wolf. You have like these god markings on you, but humans can't see those markings. So to them you're a regular white wolf, right? And so, and Amaterasu is a sun goddess. So she comes back, she's reborn as Amaterasu, which everybody calls you Ami, right? Mm -hmm. And you use your tail as like a calligraphy brush and you draw these symbols on the screen. It came out for the Wii, I believe, and you would draw the symbols with your Wii controller. And so, like, if you wanted to make a bomb, you'd make a circle with a little dash on it to be, like, a bomb, right? And so, your thing is, is that the other gods have been, like, which they're all, like, parts of you, because you're basically the mother of all gods, and you basically you're trying to help bring them back and bring back nature, because you find out the sword is missing that was selling Orochi away and Orochi's coming back. And so basically, but it's all done in like this like Japanese kind of calligraphy way, like very artsy, very beautiful. And I thought like it would be such a good like kind of like that kind of timepiece, like where everything's kind of put in that very like feudal Japanese way, like where everything's very ancient, but also like it could be done in the style where it's like, because the wolf would have to be CGI, like Amaterasu, but most of it would be humans. It would be humans in nature and, like, these different towns and, like, you know, basically, it's basically an epic. It, this whole story plays out like like the Odyssey, basically. You know, you have your, your beginning, middle, end, and, you know, your happy ending, because Basically, uh, the swordsman from the past, right, he has, like, a great-grandson or grandson that grew up, and he's basically worthless, and, but he thinks he's some, like, great swordsman because he came from a great swordsman, but he's actually pretty useless, so basically you're going through this whole thing with them but i think it would be such a good live action movie, and it's so funny, it's so goofy, it's very, like, I don't know. It makes me want to play it again tonight. I, I have an unhealthy obsession with this game. I love that, though. I love when you find a video game that you just are so obsessed with that no matter how much you've played it in the past, it's just still so much fun. So I love it. And, again, like, it's okay for, as we talked about with Chibi Robo and Pokemon, Sonic, you know, live action does can also include the fact that there'd be some things that would be CGI. There's just no avoiding that, right? Like, um, Not even regular non-fictional things can avoid CGI for the most part. Did you know, okay, this is so off topic, but did you ever watch Wolf of Wall Street? Did we watch that together? We did, we did. 
Okay, so the scene where Leonardo DiCaprio's character is on a yacht in a harbor, right? And the FBI detective comes up on the board and they have that, like, really awkward conversation. Yeah, that's a green screen. And that's the weird... And what? that's a, and that's the weirdest thing to me that they didn't film that on like an actual harbor when that sh- could have been so easy. So my whole point is that everything has a degree of CGI or green screen to it. So um, I think that would be fine. And um, I think Okami would probably be one of those video games that if it was adapted into live action, hell yeah, it would have an audience. Like people would be so excited for it. I would say it has such, like, it's so popular that they remade it for the PS3, PS4. I think you buy it on the Switch. Like, uh, people, it's it was such a classic. Now, tell me if this isn't a blast from the past. Do you ever, did y'all ever have the channel G4? Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. I, I, I remember. remember when it was, like, being, like, prepared to be released. And they were going through, you know, it was, like, uh, I think it was, like, Oh, I'm trying to remember which uh, show. It would basically show, like, the upcoming, like, games news because I think what killed G4 actually was, like, the Internet, you know, because the Internet came more popular during that time. A lot of those things where you were, like, looking up reviews. But they were also because they would be like, this is the game coming out, and this is why you should be excited for it. You know, we're giving this an 8 out of 10, a 10 out of 10. I actually remember at the time I was obsessed with wolves, and my brother said, hey, you know, because I think we ended up actually having, like, DVR at this point or something. He found some way to, like, re-show me. I think they did, like, a rerun. And he was like, oh, you love wolves. There's this game coming out. It's all about a wolf. And I was like, what? (laughs) And so... When I saw it, I remember being so obsessed. By the way, I think G4 is coming back out as, like, either, like, a, a streaming service thing or something. But I think G4 is about to have a comeback. Nice. Alrighty. I mean, you know what they say, everything from the past comes back. That's the thing, is that we loved things back in, say, the early 2000s and it kind of went away because of new technology, new this, new that. But then I think people are, like, slowly realizing that we had it right before. So, you know, it needs to come back. Like, you know what I said the other day? And Kanan was like, no. But I I stand by it. I think MySpace needs to come back. I know. I feel like that would be, like, because I never got to thoroughly enjoy it. Oh, my God. It was the best. You could, like... I see all these memes where it's saying MySpace made us all little coders and it was right because you literally could go into the HTML and, you know, customize your background. You could have where songs were played in the background. People made customized MySpace pages for people. Like, that's a, that was a thing. That was a service, right? Um, you can customize, you customize everything on MySpace. It was so much fun. It has so much personality, unlike Facebook, which is just, like, now a cesspool of just dumb. But (laughs) I always wanted a MySpace, and I was kind of, like, at that, like, coming into puberty right when, like, it was, like, into the swing of, like, people being really on it. But 
my dad wouldn't let me have one because he was so afraid of me talking to people on the internet. That's why it took so long for dad to accept, even as a grown-ass adult, me going to New York. (laughs) Well, I will say that when MySpace first came out, you know, it was the first social media platform. And it, not to say it was without, sorry, it wasn't without its flaws, right? Um, Because it was so new, people were so gullible, right? people on MySpace would full on in the in their like bio be like, Oh, I live in Yonkers, New York. Here's my address. Here's the school I go to, you know, blah blah blah. And it's like (laughs) And we had to have like seminars in our high school where our teachers and principal would have to say, do not put this sort of information on the internet, which to me is why it's so funny that everyone feels a need to check in now, right? With Foursquare having come out, and now you can do it on Instagram, you can do it on Twitter, you can do it on Facebook. You can literally tell everyone where you are in that exact second. And I'm like, um, this is the thing that they told us back in high school not to do, and now everyone's doing it. Um, well, you were, um, I think, what was it, Dateline or whatever, like with Chris Hansen and all that <laughs> was coming out? It scared the shit out of my parents because you know how my parents are so afraid, even as like grown as adult of me getting like uh, kidnapped or abducted or something that that scared the shit out of them. They were like, we don't want you on the Internet. We don't want you doing this. And that's why when I finally was like, oh, I met this friend on the Internet. I want to go visit her in New York. They were like, I want to fears have come true. <laughs> Um, can I tell you that there was like a hot second, I think last year where Paulie and I became obsessed with watching because all of those Chris Hansen things are on YouTube. So you could just watch like so many compilations. And to me, I find them so funny. They're fucked up because you know the intention of the person, right? So that's not what I'm saying is funny. To me, it's just funny the look on their faces when Chris Hansen comes out. And he's like, and why were you here with some condoms? And they're like, oh, well, you know, no, I don't know. And he's like, why don't you take a seat? Take a seat. (laughs) one where the dude like tries to play cool and he's just like eating the pizza and he's like yeah that shit gets me oh I remember like my dad would be like turn it off I can't watch anymore I'm just pissed off and I remember when I first got my computer as a kid my dad was like if you talk to strangers on the internet I will get rid of it instantly that's why I laugh so hard about us becoming friends because I'm like I did the exact thing my dad told me not to do yep you hear this uh, Mr. and Mrs. Uh, Kegel I'm a bad influence but uh, <laughs> bad influence but going back to the list uh, yes Okami number 8 definitely um, let's move on to number 7 what am I going to do hmm <laughs> I'm sorry, Brittany, if this is on your list, but (laughs) I'm going to put Outlast Whistleblower. No, okay, that's good, because I only thought of it, like, last, like, when we're talking about scary games, so you're good. You're good. I forgive you. Well, I just loved it so much. You know me. I love anything that has to do with asylums. I have this weird 
fascination when it comes to it. So you have this video game where it's all about this guy who is trying to blow the whistle on all the corruption done on, you know, in a mental uh, asylum that then a riot breaks out and you have pretty much this whole, like, twisted fun house, but a horror house, obviously, of all of these, you know, just like super super fucked up characters and again it's like there's plenty of directors out there right who would be able to bring something like this to life like you have james wan you have eli roth you have um even scott derrickson you have sam raimi all directors who excel in the horror movie genre that would be able to make this really well and of course Brittany and I are super invested in this um, video game for one particular character, and that character is Eddie Gluskin. He who, was the worst! Who are the main... And now I forget, was it Miles was the main character? Miles. The other one was... Um, oh, let me see. Outlast. It was... Golly, because I want to. I want to remember too. Um, Do you know? I think they put that game in VR, and I'm like, hell no, hell no, <laughs> hell no. <laughs> What'd you say? I said hell no. Uh, Miles was the one from Outlast. Oh, okay. Whistleblower was uh, Waylon. Whalen, that's right. Okay, so you're Whalen in Whistleblower, because this is the prequel to Outlast, which was the original game, and then you have Whistleblower, which kind of explains the events of the riot in the asylum, which is then where um, Outlast picks up. But anyway, Outlast Whistleblower, as you're Whalen, um, just going through all this crazy shit, and then you see this guy, Eddie Gluskin, who is just... <laughs> So fucked up. His whole thing is that he is looking for a bride and he looks to castrate men to make them his bride. And the messed up thing is just, you know, being chased by this guy who clearly is a, you know, like really fucked up guy. Like really fucked up. Um, who wants to put you? He was advanced fucked up. He was advanced fucked up. He was like Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. Like I got those vibes a little from him. But the really, the really crazy part is at the end of Eddie's arc. Correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't he like hang all of the people who you know their transformation isn't complete or it didn't go quote-unquote right and so then he just like hangs them from the ceiling so you just have this like uh room where all of these bodies are hanging it's so messed up it's so fucked up okay so like uh what it is is that he says you can hang you can hang like the rest of those whores because he has this thing that he's like wants to get okay um i'll give like the do you care if I continue the backstory for him real quick? Yeah, absolutely. 
the, so his whole thing was that he was a famous serial killer that was only killing women because he had this issue of wanting to find, like, the perfect woman because you find out, I think he was, like, heavily sexually abused by his father. And so, like, I think it caused, like, this weird attachment to his mother or, and I don't know if his mom did it too, but he had an obsession with it and he would only kill women when he came to the asylum and they started doing these experiments, obviously, I think they used to have a female wing, but there isn't any women in this game. And there's only the male ward. And the thing is, is that obviously since there's no women and also the experiments have made him go so much more insane by this point that he can't really differentiate because I think before the experimentation, he would have been like, okay, there is no, you know, there's no women here. He may have not felt quite the crazy urge to kill like he did. He's very like Jack the Ripper. But the thing is, is that I think it is kind of pointed out that Waylon is kind of a smaller man, more of a, of a soft boy. And the thing is, is that Eddie is just really obsessed with your character. And the thing is, is that he does have, like, where he's, like, hunting you down. Like, he is, like, he's coming for you because, and he tries to chop your dick off in the game. Can I say that? Can can I say how he tries to, to um, he, 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 you see well, yourself I I just said he tried to he tries to castrate others because I think Whalen sees him doing that to other guys at some point. Maybe the staff he is attempting to do that before he gets to you. Oh yeah, yeah. What, what it is is that he gets you sealed in that locker. You because in the whole game, you know, you can hide places. You hide in a locker because I remember we were like, "Well, what the hell are we doing, right? Like, what are, like what are we yeah. doing wrong?" And it's like you have to hide in one of the lockers, and he he chains up the locker so you can't get out, and he gasses you so that you fall asleep. And when you wake up and you're looking through the slits of the locker, you can see him experimenting on multiple people, and you're realizing fully what he does. Oh, my God. It was, like, so messed up. Thank you for explaining it better, by the way. Um, I just played the game. Like, that's why I was, like, still not just played it, but I played it during, I think, like, like October, uh, September kind of area. So it was, like, fresh on my mind. No, no, no. And again, again, I super appreciate it. Um, Yeah, the whole thing is just, like, what the fuck, right? I mean, it. there's a cannibal, too. Yeah, no, I mean, the whole thing is messed up because then even, because you could have it where you're going through the games, right? You have Outlast Whistleblower with Whalen, and then the next thing could be Outlast with Miles. Remember, Miles gets two of his fingers fucking chopped off, and that's fucked up. So, I mean, you have a potential, right, for, say, because didn't they also come out with a third game? They came out with Outlast 2, and that whole game, like, it's not really, like, I think it's the same in the aspect of, like, it's the same universe, but it doesn't take place in uh, the asylum. It Uh takes place, uh, basically, there's, like, two sides of, like, this crazy religious town where one half are, like, heretics. They're basically wanting the Antichrist to come, and the other are, like, 
oh yeah you know we got to kill off all the children because they're it's like a crazy cult like very disgusting very incestuous very uh monstrous kind of form of cult-like uh religion you know and the other side is like, yeah, let the Antichrist come. We really want it to happen. So that game is pretty messed up. Well, as I'm saying, you could do a whole Outlast universe. Um, and people and people love horror movies, right? They're looking always for, say, the next sort of theme in horror films. And this could be a good one. My mom's going to listen to this and be like, what kind of fucking things is my daughter watching, right, or playing? And it's like, the video games are messed up out there, ma. They're messed up. But, uh, oh, you know who you could have be the dude that cuts off the fingers, you know, the doctor? Who? The guy that plays Freddy Cougar, because the guy is older that does the finger chopping, and I think he's sadistically fun enough, because that doctor, remember, is kind of goofy. He's kind of funny, even though he's awful. I feel like that would be the perfect place for Freddy Cougar's actor. I love Robert England. He actually, it was just announced that he is going to be in the fourth season of Stranger Things, and I was like, oh my what? god, I get Stranger Things and Robert England. <gasps> Yes. Um, really funny enough, by the way, Brittany, this was like months and months and months ago, but I, um, for some reason you couldn't do the top 10, right? And I ended up doing a collaborative top 10 with the two guys from Gutting the Sacred Cow. And we were doing, um, you know, top 10 worst movie remakes, right? And of course, the 2010 version of Nightmare on Elm Street was on there because, like, no one else can play it but Freddy Krueger. And, I mean, but Robert England, right? So I mentioned Robert England, and one of the guys, Kevin Goatee, was like, well, I hate to break it to you, Tia, but Robert England's dead. And I was like, no, he's not. <laughs> like, I, I know he's not dead. <laughs> like, the actor's yeah, still alive. And we had to, like, look, and it was like, yeah, he's alive. <laughs> I know. I was like, I know Robert England. (laughs) I'm on top of that shit because, like, he's the best Freddy Krueger. And it feels like no one else can play Freddy Krueger but him. But, yeah. So, Outlast Whistleblower, or even just the whole Outlast franchise would be really cool adapted into, say, like, a trilogy or even a franchise of, like, really fucked up movies. But, Brittany, what's your number six? Uh, let me see here. Um, okay, I'm gonna go with this one because even though I haven't, I I know most of like a lot of stuff that goes on with this game, but I have not personally played it. It's gonna be one of those Kingdom Hearts because the Disney characters you could CGI into that shit and have real people into it. Disney would make so much money off of this movie to get, like, ridiculous money. Because you think about it, Kingdom Hearts takes place in the Disney universe. So you had Hades, you had Maleficent, you had Donald, Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Goofy, all of them. Jack so, Skellington. Yes, Jack Skellington. You know, you have, like, this. there is the plot of, like, oh, there's the, these human children. They live on this island in this universe. But it's a way of, like... Remember, uh, remember the sh- I think it was a show uh, where the villains would all watch movies together. 
like in that, or I don't know if it was just the villain. I think the villains had an episode where they would like basically watch old clips, like like Disney clips, and it was like a TV show like that. I don't know if I'm making sense, but there was a villain episode. It's just interesting getting to see all these characters interact, like, that don't normally interact, but it's kind of bringing all the universes together. And even the newer games brought in, like, Frozen and all, you know, uh, Monster Inc., you know, all these other games. I feel, oh, and Toy Story. It would be a fun way to tie it all together. And even though it would be heavily CGI, you would have the main characters be human, or the Final Fantasy characters could be human. Because there is Final Fantasy characters in it, like Cloud and Sephiroth. And it's just... Like, the, the plot is pretty convoluted, but if we're talking about, like, something that would get people hyped and either crash and burn or be just, like, a box hot hit, and we know, we know how Disney likes to make their live action lately, I feel like Kingdom Hearts would be a good way to go, especially to make all that money. A Kingdom Hearts adaptation would make bank. It would make so much bang like i've never played kingdom hearts i think i tried once and um i think my like the disc crashed or some dumb shit like that but i know how big it was back in the day like when that shit came out people couldn't wait when like the next one came out people couldn't wait right like people freaked out over kingdom hearts so i know that it would make so much money just seeing all of the characters interact with each other. And yeah, it could be a live action slash CGI hybrid. That'd be perfectly fine. I mean, listen, what's one of like the best movies of all time, right? Who framed Roger Rabbit? And oh, it, that was so good. Yeah, exactly. And it was human. Do you know Brad Pitt was like in a knockoff version? Okay, there is no other version but the original version. Um, but <laughs> I didn't know that, actually. I have to look that up. But, you know, I I feel like Who Framed Roger Rabbit is one of those things that couldn't happen today. Um, like, if they tried to remake it, you wouldn't be able to really recapture that sort of magic, which is why you need to move on to another thing, which would be awesome for Kingdom Hearts. Well, you know, like... Uh... Like, neat little thing, because I actually watched, like, uh, a YouTube commentary of, like, why they were going, why uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbits was so good, was on one hand, they made it three-dimensional, by the way, they did the shadowing, and if you'll notice, I think each of the characters, even though they're animated, you know, like, or hand-drawn, they uh, they actually have shadows, which made them feel like, oh, they were there. And also they added that uh, for each of the characters, they put something to stand in so that they had something to look at and actually interact with because they were going why the other one was so bad because they did, like, uh, something like that was Brad Pitt, like, where there was, like, oh, the animation and stuff, but I think it was very flat. There was no shadowing. I They just kind of said, oh, look in this direction, you know, uh, for what they were doing and not really anything to talk to. And they were explaining why it it just felt so different. Yeah, I mean, Who Framed Roger Rabbit 
definitely felt as if the human characters were interacting with the cartoon characters. Um, and it was done so well considering they were cartoons, unlike today where something would be more of a 3D animated, such as the Pokemon or the Sonic, right? You know, but these are cartoons and you're like, how does it make sense for a cartoon to even look realistic next to an actual human? But it, it fucking worked. I love that movie. Um, it makes them like a whole different like 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 species. You know what I mean? Like they were just something that existed in that world, not something just shoehorned into that world. It was fucking amazing. I love Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Like I always wanted to see um Roger Rabbit interact with Bugs Bunny. I thought that would always be yeah, funny. Like like who's the better rabbits out of all of them? But I think, um, I think Ro- like as much of a Bugs Bunny fan as I am, I think Roger Rabbit may have Bugs Bunny beat just because Roger Rabbit is married to, um, oh God, what was her name? Oh, uh, oh, Jessica, Jessica Rabbit. I mean, you know, Jessica Rabbit is a babe, so. <laughs> Like, like I know it's so funny, but it's like she took his last name. Like he really got with the girl. Yeah, no, she she and she loved the uh, Roger. You know, that's that wasn't a joke. Like she she loved her man. So more power to her. But yes, Kingdom Hearts would be an amazing live action movie. It would make so much money. I think that Disney needs to stop trying to make all of their old cartoons into live action and instead move in a different direction and bring one of like the most beloved video games of all times to the forefront. I agree, Brittany. I remember I didn't have I think it came out on PlayStation two, right? And I yes, never it is. Went, and I wanted to play it so bad, but because like I said, you know, uh Dakota is technically my half brother, right? And not that that changes our relationship at all, but it did mean that his dad would get him something that he got him the PlayStation 2, but it was supposed to stay at his dad's place, which I get, you know, but it made it hard because why it's kind of like me and Dakota growing up, we would pull our money every Christmas to get like a new system. Like we would buy it together and it was joint us and we were very like fair on it. Right. And would want to play it so bad. But the, why would my brother want to pull money for a PlayStation 2 when he already had it? So I never was able to get one. And I wanted it so bad, Tia. I wanted it so oh bad. I don't blame you. The PS2 was, like, the best system ever. I will still say that to this day. <laughs> the I, best system. <laughs> I remember the one time my brother brought it over, like, he got permission. I had begged and begged him, right, to, like, let me play it and stuff at one time and I played Guitar Hero and I was obsessed. I played it all night and I just I wanted it so bad to you. I don't blame you. The PS2 was like I have such fond memories because like every game pretty much I love playing was a PS2 game. I adored that PS2. It's still plugged in. I've every once in a while turn it back on just to play a game or two but I like Almost all the games I have are PS2 games, right? Like, I, I just love the PS2. To me, it, it didn't get it didn't get no better than that. But um, definitely Kingdom Hearts. Let's move on to number five. I'm trying to see as far as 
list goes what to put and i think i'm gonna put for number five it's more of a um a franchise as opposed to like one singular game but i would love to see tekken um adapted because interesting because they tried to do like mortal Kombat like that didn't they well they are coming out with a more they have in the past they're but they're coming out with like a new mortal Kombat um film right so to me i always was a lot more interested in the characters and the mythos of tekken i was just obsessed with tekken i loved the characters and so i obviously had tekken for the ps2 but i actually have played the one for the ps1 and it's just so funny the graphics from how it was in the first to where it is now because they're still making Tekken games. And it's such this, like, rich sort of background, this whole tournament of bringing together all of these different characters from different, um, you know, nations and all of them having their own different fighting styles. I mean, I, like, I'll admit to you, I don't remember all of their names, but I remember you had, I believe his name was Eddie, who he was the first, Actually, the first character that I ever saw do capoeira, I didn't even know what that was. Oh, 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 I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even know what that was until that character, and then learning more about that, I thought that was so cool. Then you have, um, you know, there was this one character who, um, oh god, his name was like Harishima, right? And I love playing as him because he was, uh, his fighting style was taekwondo, and I just thought that like him having like him being more say prevalent in kicking was awesome and then but you had like these really strong female characters as well you had just all these like different characters that had all these different fighting styles and all of them and i love them having interactions with each other because they would do the screens where they talk to each other beforehand or afterwards and if you do the story mode they talk in between the fights and i just thought that would be so cool so it's like whereas mortal kombat obviously has been the more popularized version cuz there's a ton right there's a ton of different versions of this type of style you have Mortal Kombat, Soul Calibur, you have Tekken. But I thought that Tekken definitely deserved more love than it got. Um, I just thought it was really cool. I would love to see a movie version of Tekken, whether it would still be a tournament or something else other than that. But I think it would be really cool to see some of these characters live action because the cool thing about Tekken is that it was so diverse, right? You had Chinese, Korean, Japanese characters. You had characters from America. You had uh, characters from Brazil, Native American characters. You had French, uh, British, Australian. Like, you had characters from every single country in the world. And it was just so cool to see such a diverse game where they're all just squaring off with each other. You know what? That is true. Like, I, you know what's funny? You have, like, there's so many games that I'm like, oh, do you like that? That's what I'm, or, I'll, and then you end up liking them, and I'm like, why is that? And I'm like, oh, it's because the story. Like, you actually fully appreciate the story. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I love the story of, like, check-in. I said Tia's got the heart of a gamer. (laughs) You know what it is? I just really, like, I don't like adventure games. I like the one-on-one games, right? Just, like, let's let's fight. I just want to fight. I don't want to, like, search for clues. or throw hands. I just want to throw hands. I don't want to, like, have to go through rooms and figure out how to get to the next room and how to solve this puzzle, that puzzle, and then you fight someone. Like, I love the style of, like, let's just fight. (laughs) Like, why all this other in-between shit? So, but, yeah, I would love Tekken to be adapted into live action. Remind me not to fight with you then. <laughs> she's like, oh man, I'm scared of her now. To throw hands. <laughs> but um, did you did you uh, play a lot of Tekken when you were a kid? I did not. That's because my older brother, she kind of got me into so many things that I think that was like the one thing he wasn't obsessed with. So it was harder for me to get into those because they were never around. Because like I said, we pulled our money so much for stuff that uh, that it was kind of like it just wasn't in the cards. Yeah. So when I was younger, right, um, we had Nathan's and in Westchester, right? By the way, are you like moving around? I can hear like your speaker getting hit by something. It might have been the cat that is crawling around my head. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> but I was going to say, we had Nathan's, and it was this big building. and st- Do you know what Nathan's is, Brittany? Uh, not said, uncertainly. Oh, Nathan's was, is just like, I don't know, it's a... It's, you know, hot dogs and hamburgers and french fries, right? But... Okay, actually, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the building where Nathan's was not only had a, say, frickin', um, whatchamacallit, like, a kids aerobic sort of section, but it also had an arcade. And I loved going to this arcade as a child. My mom you know, and my aunt would go to Nathan's to eat, and I'd be like, oh, my God, can I go into the arcade? And my mom would give me some money, and I'd walk into the arcade, and, like, the coolest thing about the arcade is, like, you know, it's so loud. You'd, like, open up the doors, and it would just be, like, blaring music, and there was all these different games they had back when, like, Dance Dance Revolution was really big. They had shooter games. They had driving games, motorcycles, blah, 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 and then they also had Tekken. So, you know, where you could literally go there and play it on an arcade system as opposed to playing it on a console. And that was, like, really fucking awesome to play it like that. So I really, um, that was, like, my introduction, really, to, say, like, Tekken and games like that was through Nathan's Arcade. Well, you're actually making me have a flashback right now. Um, Actually, we have an old bowling alley that's existed for, like, ever, right? And it had an arcade in it. And I always remember seeing the Tekken machine and never really playing it because I always loved pinball so much and I would play that with my dad. But you are making me flashback to there was a time, and it didn't last very long, but it was awesome. There was an arcade in my little ass town that um, you could just go there and play, but there'd be a certain day that they would make all the machines free and that was just a base price. 
and you could play as many games for as long as you wanted if you went on that day. And my granny used to take me. Oh, I love it. So there you go. Arcades are awesome. And I hope that even though in-house gaming is quite popular, that maybe at some point uh, arcades make a comeback. But, Brittany, let's move on to number four. Tell me what your number four is. Let me see. Um, oh, I'm going to say, because of my other one, I think I'm going to just keep for my number one, uh, Ocarina, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Oh, so you're doing Ocarina of Time. Nice. <laughs> it was already on my list. That's why I was like, well, this is perfect, guys, since we already kind of talked about it. Um, unless you had it on your list. No, I've never even played it, so it's perfectly fine. <laughs> well, I just thought Legend of Zelda was so good because it, it, it could be almost completely live action. I feel like we're overdue for, like, a Zelda game adapted into a movie, but it is such a touchy subject thing with Nintendo is they do so many things that could make them money, but they don't. They're like, you can I love that, but they don't. Yeah, but they don't. Okay, like, okay. What everybody has wanted since beginning of ever was, like, just a remake of, I think it was called Pokemon Snap. Do you remember that game? It was for the N64 when you took pictures of Pokemon. I don't ever remember a game named Pokemon named Pokemon Snap. <laughs> Let me make sure that's the name of it. Let me see. It was Pokemon... Oh, Polly Snap. apparently remembers. He's in the kitchen going, uh, yeah, I remember that. It was for the N64. So there you go, Brittany. You are valid. <laughs> yes, thank you. And this whole game was about how you would, like, take pictures of Pokemon and, like, you would ride around and you would just try to capture them doing the perfect things. Like, certain things would make them more like worth more points like if you caught a pokemon evolving you could uh like make something happen basically this game was super popular right and mm-hmm. everybody always wanted a remake of it nintendo would have made so much money just now after years of begging since this came out in n64 right they have never made another version of it even though they make pokemon games all the time right they're finally remaking it. So that's why I'm kind of like with Nintendo. You could go, oh, you'd make so much money if you did this. They're like, eh, 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 money. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of her. <laughs> Nintendo's like, no, instead we're going to make, like, fitness fucking games. I know. They have this thing that they really want people to get fit. And to be fair, I did love the Wii Fit. But, like, that is their obsession. That's why they made the... The uh, Wii controllers where you had to move your arms to do stuff because they're like, oh, if you're going to play a game, at least we're going to make you move your body while you do it. Yeah, but I hated that. That, like, people didn't want that. That's why they had to start making games where you can, like, use those same things but, like, tilt it to the side and use it as, like, a real controller or something. Like, I hate it. I hated that. I had a Wii, and that's, after a while, I was just so annoyed with it. Um, especially like moving your arms and have like it never registered correctly or anything like that. I just disliked it a lot. But you're right; they definitely have this whole mission where they want to make people be active. That's why they made Pokemon Go, and that was so popular. Um, it got people off their asses. So you know. But I'm sorry, Brittany. I'm interrupting you. You're talking about Ocarina of Time. No, no, you're fine. I was just going to say really quick with the Wii, what gets me too is, you know, a lot of my viewers, like if they do have like a mobility issue, I'm like sitting there going now, I'm like, 
how did they ever get to play like the Wii if you know if it did take it? It's like they didn't really give a secondary option for people that can't do those things. You know what I mean? That's very, that very true. They were just like, yeah, we don't care. Which it's like, you know what, Nintendo, you should have probably thought about that. I don't know, I don't know. But Legend of Zelda was so good because it does have, like, a beginning, middle, end. And I love those kind of games. I, I want something that you can complete and get the full story and be happy. And so, you know, you do have, like, that almost said Zelda. You have Zelda growing up. You have Link growing up. That always confused people. They're always like, I love Zelda. And it's like... You mean Link? Um, no, that confused me, too. When I was younger, and I didn't know what it was officially or anything, and you hear Legends of Zelda, and you're like, I thought Zelda was the the, the little boy with the green outfit and the blonde hair. That That's not Zelda? <laughs> I know. There was, like, uh, people that really want, like, an actual Legend of Zelda game where it is where you play as Zelda, which I can jump all on board on that. I feel like it's over you. Uh, but I don't know. I have you played Ocarina of Time? I've never I've never played any of the Legend of Zelda games. I told you, like Paulie played Ocarina oh, no, of Time, and I used to watch him play Ocarina of Time. The only time I ever played as Link, and actually, um, in Super Smash Brothers, you could play also as Zelda in the Super Smash uh, Brothers. So there you go. That was such a good time. I was gonna say. Uh, I think my thing with Ocarina of Time, why would, and I won't go through the full like plot of it and everything, even though because it's just basically you're a little boy who you know you've been raised by this village, which I can't remember what the, what their name is, but they're like fairy people or like elves, and you know you don't exactly belong there because you were just kind of found as a child, so you never truly belong there, right? But being raised there and going on this big epic journey of like you know trying to beat Ganondorf and, like, trying to fight all these things and, like, being able to travel back to the past, back to the future, because there's certain things you got to do, because you're trying to change the future of everything going awful, so you're just trying to fix it, and just, I don't know, I guess for me, I just feel like it would be a good epic story, and it was really, like, the game that got Zelda on the map of, like, being one of the number one games for Nintendo or really any game, and that's why they come out with it so few, because every, there's like one Zelda game per system, like, you know how there's certain games that get a million different adaptations, like, oh, you had like Infamous come out on the PS3, and you had Infamous 2 come out on the, like, on the PS3, but with Zelda, you may get like, oh, you got one for the Switch, you got one for the Wii, you got one for the 3D, you know, like, it's always like one per system with them. I just feel like it would be a good epic, and you could actually do that one almost completely live action on that one. You could also probably do that as a series. I feel like that sort of adventure, mystical, mythical sort of thing would be quite popular because you have The Witcher, you have, oh, which is another video game adaptation, so there you go. You have The Witcher, Cursed came out. People like this sort of fairy mystical sort of setting right it's an adventure who doesn't love a fucking adventure right and so with legend of zelda you would have that it has like all the recipes for a good ass time 
I know. That's why, like, I'm trying to know who Link was raised by, because now I feel like I'm going to be dumb and not remember, because I'm pretty sure he wasn't raised by the people. Like, like, I don't think he was the race that he was raised by, and now it's bothering me. The only thing I remember about Ocarina of Time, or I don't know if this was something in the other Legends of Zelda games, but the little freaking ball of light that would be like, listen! Navi? Or Navi? Uh, I just always remember, it's like it sounded like she was saying, listen, and she'd be like, listen! (laughs) I know, she was trying to get your attention, but God, she was so annoying. I got to Listen! I made little earrings of her, like, for Did each you really? Yes, they're so freaking cute. But uh, let me see. Because you're a great Deku tree. I'm just trying to remember who he was raised by. And people can come for me, but being like, you don't remember? But even looking at Wikipedia, they're like, oh, yeah, you were in this town. But they don't give you anything else. <laughs> they give you nothing. <laughs> I, did, I, I feel like um bringing link to live action because i don't think they've done it um i think that would be really cool like i think people would really like that you have a huge fandom behind um link and zelda and all that and being able i mean the can you imagine like the costumes would be so cool the settings you could really just go all out um, and if they're making, say, like, a Lord of the Rings sort of series on Amazon, I just feel like if you are going to continue this trend of adapting video games into live action, Legends of Zelda, especially Ocarina of Time, would be dope as shit. No, I think it would be the best. I really think it would be one of those things that it would be, like, a very great series. Like, The Witcher, I'm like, that's basically like the same style that it would need to be in. Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. That's what I'm saying. They have obviously the ability to adapt something like that to the big or the little screen. You could do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. I just would do it. Do it. Do it. Uh, I'm going to hit number three. And before I do this, because after this, then you have one more. And I want to make sure I don't steal it. Does your number one have anything to do with a DC character? Nope. You're going, oh. Tony Boy. All right, so I'm going to do Batman Arkham Asylum. because oh, so good. Because, like, let's admit that Bat- Batman Arkham Asylum, I know that they've had a, a lot of sequels to that game have come out, but Arkham Asylum was so fucking good. Like, it touched upon that, like, grittiness that you wanted from Batman. It took place in Arkham, which is probably, like, the most interesting focal point, which I feel like no live-action movie. And don't get me wrong, I say love um, the Christopher Nolan trilogy. I think that the upcoming Matt Reeves, Robert Pattinson Batman looks great. But it just seems as if none of the live actions ever have wanted to focus on Arkham Asylum. And I'm not talking about the show Gotham. I think that has something to do with it or something. I'm talking about, like, in a movie sense, right? You've never seen any director really focus on Arkham Asylum. And 
God, the video game is just so good. As I said, you have this, like, grittiness. All the characters just looked how... It was like an outlast, right, For with Batman. Like, it showed, like, I want to see... Real. I want to see that, like, just absolute, like, degradation of shit in Arkham. Like, I want it to look like it's not run well. I want it to have all of this, like, fun house of, like, twisted fun house of who's who's with the villains, right? Like, I loved how they made Harley Quinn, you know, because, again... Like, I love Harley Quinn, and, like, I love Margot Robbie's take on Harley, right? But in the recent years, they've made Harley more of, like, this, you know, like this, uh, you know, she's a bad guy, but she's also really nice. She has, like, a lot of morals. She just steals things, right? It's like, no, 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 no. Arkham Asylum made her, like, just as twisted as the Joker. I fucking loved it. Scarecrow was amazing. Bane was great. I mean, just the... Uh, Spettle was so freaking good. Like, and it made so much sense. So good. And that's what I'm saying. It was just such... You may not want to replay this on stream. Stop it. I'm just saying, this is coming from someone where I just told you I don't like those sort of adventure games, right? But, I mean, just the fact that it was Batman and it is... It was in Arkham. It was just so fucking good. I would love to have a movie like that. Just, it would be amazing i feel like matt reeves seems to be doing a really good job with batman right even though we haven't seen the movie yet the trailer looked fucking great so i mean i'd love to even see him (laughs) do his take on arkham asylum it would just be great to see the video game and what that really encompassed um be adapted and again i know that the because don't get me wrong like Remind me if I'm wrong. After that, then there was, like, Arkham City, right? Yeah. Yeah, so you had, like, things afterwards that you can continue. But I just love fucking Arkham Asylum. I loved Arkham Asylum. It was so good. It was, to me, the best Batman game. Um, I loved the Joker in it. I just loved everyone. It was amazing. So, yeah, I would love to see Batman Arkham Asylum adapted into live action. Uh, anytime I hear Batman, though, I'm like, if they don't have Jeffrey Dean Morgan play freaking uh, Bruce Wayne's dad again, I will literally <laughs> die. I will literally. No, I'm telling you, that was one of the first games that, like, I, I took, like, a hiatus from video games for, like, a short while there because I just, I had no time. I was bummed. You know, I just didn't find anything interesting. And I remember Arkham Asylum, like, gripped me so hard. I was like, oh, God, I love video games again. You know what I mean? Like, it was just so good. Yeah, when you talk about video games that are just done really well and have a great gameplay, great visual story, Arkham Asylum is up there. I think for me, I'm like, that would be one of the best ones to make in the movie. Good pick. Good pick. Like, I feel like anybody would enjoy that. I think so, too. If you're a Batman fan, you're going to love it. If you are a video game fan, you're going to love it. You can get some really awesome actors in there. You could really just go so twisted. It doesn't have to connect to anything. It could be completely separate. from like Because that's the thing. I don't need this, this Arkham Asylum to connect to anything. Have it as a standalone and just make these characters really fucking twisted. Like, that's I what I want. Right, so- 
so obsessed with, with like an extended universe now that they start to ignore the other projects like i know we do have the ones going on now with uh, the new batman being robert pattinson but mm-hmm. i feel like they feel like there can only be one batman at a time and i'm like i don't want to wait forever for like an arkham asylum adaptation not at all and to me i really like robert pattinson's batman i don't need it to connect to the dceu i don't need to see him with wonder woman or aquaman or anything like that i think and i could be wrong right because we loved the um the cartoon series which i which saw batman interact with all the other characters right but in a live action sense i'm wondering if batman does just truly work on his own because the trilogy christopher nolan's trilogy was great we had the tim burton movies beforehand which were great um and it looks like rob it looks like matt reeves just has so much freedom when it comes to making his batman film because he doesn't have to worry about it fitting in with the rest of the dceu something that we see didn't necessarily work with Ben Affleck's Batman. So it's almost making me wonder in a live action sense, does Batman only truly work when he's by himself? I know that does kind of like, I think it simplifies it. I think people try to get too complicated sometimes with Batman. And really we just want badass superhero who fights evil people because all villains are like, uh, like, like, how does that go again? All villains are lemon. Like, every villain is lemons, I think. Do you ever switch up like that? I feel like, like that sounds familiar, but it's probably too far removed from me to remember. <laughs> I think they're like, man, like, we're, like, reading out the abbreviation of evil, where it's like, every villain is lemons. <laughs> lemons. So it's like, something like that. I can't remember <laughs> That is still stupid. Where I'm like, what no, was? no. I think I think I know what you're talking about. I love it. No, no, no. I love it. Don't. I love it. Um. Oh god. Why well, just yawned so much right there? My bad. Um. I could not help oh, that. That could not. Existing but, is existing this year, Tia. It very much is. But what was I going to say? I don't know. I think the thing is that, as I said. Um, these villains are being humanized, which I also, like, don't get me wrong, I also love. Like, it's a very complicated thing, because it's like, I love, obviously, seeing more of Harley. I loved uh, Joaquin Phoenix's The Joker, which also was a standalone movie and did just fucking fine on its own, right? Um, So I love these humanizations of these villains, but at the same time, when they're going up against Batman, I want them to be twisted mother effers. And to me, in Arkham Asylum, that's exactly what they were. They were twisted. They were evil. They were bad. It was this very like Scarecrow had needle fingers. Do you remember yeah, that? Yes, yeah, yes. It was, it was amazing. Badass. That's what I'm saying. Like that's what I want to see. I just want to stand alone. You know, it doesn't need to connect to anything. It doesn't even need sequels or anything. Just give me just one shot of just an amazing freaking um, live action Arkham Asylum, and I am golden, boy. Golden. 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 But 
Brittany, let's move on to the number two, which is your number one. I'm very excited since you said you were saving it for last. Let me know what it is. I feel like what would make a great movie, and it kind of goes on like, I feel like it's a good love letter to the TV show. And that would be the Walking Dead Telltale series, the original one. Have you heard about this, Tia? Because I'm about to give a lot of spoilers. I've not heard of it. Well, I've heard of it. Yes, I've heard of it. I feel like you cry a lot in it. I feel like you've told me some of it that it's, like, heartbreaking. Well, okay. I'm trying to think of where to begin, and I'm also going to make sure I had the names right before I do this. Wait, wait for it. Wait for it. T, are you waiting? I'm waiting. Let me see. I'm trying to make sure that I have the name right on here. Because before I say it, and then I sound like an idiot. How is it that I just upgraded to one gigabyte internet, but my phone doesn't want to load? Can we, can we, uh... Can, can we, we discuss talk? that? <laughs> okay. I was sure I had everybody's names right. So, the, the series basically, start out in a police car, and you're playing Lee, right? And he is being arrested, because I can't remember if he just killed, like, his, uh his wife's lover or you know killed them both but you know it was a very passionate crime and i can't remember if he which one he killed right i think he actually killed both i think it's like it it never really fully goes into it and it starts out you're talking to the cop and there you hear on the news that things are kind of like people are starting to kind of talk about the pandemic that's going on right and and it varies kind of reminiscent of what we're going through now where people are kind of like, oh, that's happening, but, you know, not a big deal. Shit happens, you know, and or when people weren't taking it seriously and we just started to hear about it. Right. So uh, end up zombie gets in the middle of the road, you crash, you know, you get hurt and uh, you're finding out, OK, people are turning into zombies. So Lee wanders to this home. He finds Clementine, whose babysitter turned. Like, I can't remember how she turned, but she turned. And so you take in Clementine. Uh, The whole thing is, like, her parents were on vacation when this happened, and they just didn't come home. So she's been alone. Uh, Because this is all kind of starting at the same time. Because, you know, in The Walking Dead, everything just kind of all, you know, hit the fan at once. And so you're on it. You actually run into Herschel, by the way. You go to the farm in the beginning, back when he had his son, and uh, so you go there, and basically you can choose a bunch of decisions, like how you want to go about it, and people have reactions. That's why you'll see, like, oh, Clementine liked that, or you know, everyone disliked that. You know, they show people's reaction to your choices, but it's basically a choose-your-own-adventure story. Um, your whole thing is that you're promising Clementine you'll take her to her parents. You'll take her to her parents. And so you you take her in. You're basically like her father at this point. At some point, I think she just starts, you know, y'all basically tell people that, you know, y'all are, you know, related. That That is your dad. And you don't give the full story because it's just easier. But it's basically you all surviving together. You know, you lose people. Yeah, it was really heartbreaking. Uh, certain choices are, uh, like, I fell in love with Kenny. Uh, Kenny was a man who had, uh, who was very redneck, right? 
and Kenny has a uh, wife who is Russian, I think, and they have a son named Duck, which I don't know why they call him Duck. But uh, so <laughs> Duck ends up dying. He gets bitten, and this is when you realize, like, people don't survive bites, right? And uh, you have the choice that you basically, what's the word for it? You basically choose whether or not to let Kenny do it himself or you take the gun from him to put Duck out of his misery, right? And I and in, in the game, I chose to you know, kill the boy. And so his wife... You monster. Uh, I know, but I, I wasn't going to make him kill his own son. And I so, know. <laughs> it's a lot of spoilers, by the way. This is a lot of spoilers. That's why I was like, spoiler alert. So, so Kenny, right, his... Uh, his wife is like, I just want a moment with our son, you know, to say goodbye. And I can't remember which way this goes, right? Because it could be flipped. When you walk away, and you and Kenny walk away, she kills herself. So Kenny loses his whole entire family in like five seconds. Oh. Yeah. And so uh, Clementine is very sweet, very innocent. And in the, as the games go on, you do see her hard enough that she's still a soft girl inside. But uh, um, you end up at a decision in the game where there is a car, right? And you can choose whether or not to take the supplies out of it because the car is running. You can tell somebody's trying to get gas. You can choose to loot the car or choose not to loot the car. And Clementine's like, these people are going to come back. They're going to need this stuff, right? And uh, I think in the game I chose not to loot it, but your group will still take everything because they're like, well, it's us. So you don't really get a choice because the story has to go in this direction. Uh, Clementine ends up getting kidnapped later on in the game. And you find out later on that it was this man and his family, and because they ran out of supplies, because the supplies were taken, he loses his whole family, right? So he kidnaps Clementine as a way of, like, I'm going to have a family back somehow or another, and y'all are going to pay for this, right? Well, Lee, who find, you know, who's raised her, who's taken her in, and I know this is, like, a long story, but basically he gets bitten trying to get her back. And he doesn't care what it takes before he dies. He's going to get Clementine back. Uh, I think I chose to chop off my own arm because I was like, well, but it was too late at that point, right? So I went like the one arm direction and I saved Clementine and you get trapped and and you tell Clementine like, you're going to have to, he goes, you're going to have to shoot me, baby girl. And she's like, I can't do it, Lee. I can't do it. And he's like, I need you to be strong and kill me because if you don't, I'm going to turn and I'm going to hurt you. And so I had uh, you. So then you go to Clementine's perspective and I chose to kill Lee because it was his last wish and before he turned. And that's how that game ends. And I just feel like it would be such a nod to The Walking Dead to have a movie like this where it goes between Lee and Clementine and their story together. And it makes me even want to cry. That's why there's so many stories like of people sobbing during this game because nobody expected when you play it that you're going to have to kill Lee because you get so attached to Lee and Clementine's like relationship of him raising this little girl and to have to end with like killing him is heartbreaking. 
This is an emotional roller coaster, and when it's you involve, it's just sad. Well, I was gonna say when you involve The Walking Dead, you're gonna have these really emotional moments because it has to deal with obviously walkers and bites and hard decisions and all that. But my God, yeah, I remember you saying that you were crying during this game, how emotional it was. Because I remember when you were first playing it, and you would message me, and you'd be like, "I have to." tell you what's going on i have to tell you my ideas and all that so i do remember um how emotional this game was it would be great it would be great though as a live action movie because... i ugly cried i ugly cried i was emotionally fucked up throughout this entire game like you know how sometimes you cry and then there's the times where you're like coughing because you're sobbing so hard this was one of those games yeah, no, that's exactly what it seems like in The Walking Dead, The Telltale. Um, I just think it would be a really, really great movie just because people love The Walking Dead. They love anything that has to do with The Walking Dead. And you have this really emotional movie. And if it's a one-off that really doesn't care much to to. Con- because you don't necessarily need to go to Herschel because, unfortunately, the actor passed away. But you could have it as, like, totally just a separate, on-its-own sort of project. And people would fucking love it. I know. That's the thing, by the way. So you're on Herschel's farm, but uh, there's a choice that you have to uh, either save Duck, the little boy, or save Herschel's son. Which, Herschel's son dies either way, and he kicks you off the farm because he's so distraught about it. But it, Herschel chases you up, and that's supposed to explain why that Herschel doesn't have his son in the show. Aww, that's really sad. No, like, right? <laughs> this whole thing is sad, Brittany. It would be too emotional. Maybe they couldn't adapt it. <laughs> <laughs> that joke's on you. I'm always depressed. <laughs> I love it. Um... I am sure that plenty of people would agree with you that they would love to see the Walking Dead Telltale series, especially the original one, adapted, because who doesn't like to cry? (laughs) Well, you know, what a fair point. I can't argue with that. You can't argue with that shit. You can't argue with that shit. But, everyone, we are down to the number one on our top ten video games we'd want in live action. We've had quite a bit. So it's so funny, Brittany, as I'm looking at this list. It is such a mixture of, like, fun, happy, and then, like, really depressing and horror stuff. So let's go through them until we get to the number one. We have the number 10 is Chibi Robo. We have nine as Soma, number eight as Okami, number seven as Outlast Whistleblower, number six as Kingdom Hearts, number five as Tekken, number four is Ocarina of Time, number three is Batman Arkham Arkham Asylum, can't talk. Uh, Number two is The Walking Dead Telltale series, and number one is, so honestly you could do probably like the whole franchise, but it's this one specific game that I would like to see um, adapted. And I have to give background for this, right? Like, this this game means so much to me. And it is SSX Tricky. And oh. <laughs> everyone knows Paulie's in the kitchen going SSX Tricky. <laughs> like, everyone knows <laughs> how much. I knew you were going to pick this. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh. 
This game means so much to me. Um, first of all, I was first introduced. I didn't even have a PS2 at this point, right? I was friends with this girl. We would, I would go over to her house, and one day she like, and we would, and we would play Sonic on the gen, on the Sega Genesis. We would play different things, right? And then one day she says she got this new video game. She breaks out her PS2. It's SSX Tricky. I was obsessed. I was utterly fucking obsessed to the point where like i would ask my mom like can i go over blah blah blah's house like to play this video game and then eventually for christmas i was like i need the ps2 because i need ssx tricky um and honestly ssx tricky like it it gave me to say friends that i'm still friends with today and certainly my closest friends at the time sarah and amanda because there was a forum for ssx tricky um and i just it it, it's so much right so um and i know this has nothing to do with like why i wanted in live action or what it could do i just i want to talk about just how amazing this game is right so just a little backstory is that ssx tricky is actually the second game in the ssx lineup and it's a snowboarding game the first one is just called ssx and the whole concept was just what if we have snowboarders and they just you know do tracks around the world but the the tracks are you know kind of funky looking they're not just like a typical snow slope right and each one is going to have their own little personality and it's going to be a tournament and blah 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 so then they came out with ssx tricky and it was like what if we take the same concept but we almost apply it to like how skateboarding is like the type of tricks that you can do with skateboards on snowboards right and, but let's also make it fucking insane <laughs> at the same time. So for looking it up when you brought it up in the past, I was like, what is this? So the thing is, SSX Tricky, you have all these beloved characters from the first one, and then you have all these other new characters. Like SSX Tricky had fucking like 15, 20 characters, and each and every one had their own clothing style, their own personalities. Like, SSX Tricky went so deep into who these were that when you clicked on each character, it had, like, it had questionnaires that acted as if these characters were really involved in a world tour. Like, what's your name? What's your favorite movie? What do you look at? You know, what's your style? What music do you like to listen to? Like, Korean pop stars? Like, K-pop it almost treated them like K-pop stars, where it's like yeah. people want to know their blood type. People want to know who they are. That, that's exactly what it was. And each character also had videos that would play beforehand describing them. Um, when you clicked on a character, they had the characters in this, like, rotating thing where they were sitting down, like, in their own specific style. When you clicked on them, they would, like, get up and, like, say something that was so, like, to their personality. And then before the game, if you were, like, in a... So you would get up to, you know, where the starting point was. And if you were next to someone who was like your friend before the game, you'd like say something friendly to them. Or if it was someone who was your enemy because you had that, you'd like tell them to go fuck off pretty much. And then during the game, not only could you race people, right? Not only could you do these insane tricks once you got enough points, but you could push people. So if you push some, so as so as you 
<laughs> so as so as you're snowboarding, like say if you were Elise and you were pushing Marisol enough, at the end of the race, there'd be a cutaway scene where Marisol would come up to you and be like, you better not try that again. And Elise would be like, whatever, Marisol, you know, and that's how it was. So I just loved the personalities of these characters. The And then they had it where it was all over the world. They would be in Tokyo. They'd be in Manhattan. They'd be in Alaska even. They did a fucking snow. Can you hear me? Sorry. It was this. Oh, why are telemarketers calling on a Sunday? What's the the telemarketers are like, this is the day for Jesus and the day for making scams. Apparently you ain't getting me mother effers. What was the last thing you heard me say? Uh, about Meredith and like you could push and oh, it's like something right after that. So after like if you were pushing Marisol enough, right on a track after the race, there'd be a a cutaway scene where Marisol would like go up to Elise and be like, "You better not do that again." And Elise would be like, "Whatever, Marisol." And then it was like all around the world where they had different tracks, like in Tokyo, Manhattan, Germany. France, and then they even had a track in Alaska. They made not Alaska. I'm sorry, in Hawaii, there was a track called, in Hawaii. That. There was like, and they explained it was like artificial snow, and there was even a character who was a famous snowboarder, but he wanted to try and do, uh, you know, a famous sorry, a famous uh, God, a famous surfer. surfer. Yeah, and he wanted to try snowboarding, but his snowboard was, like, really long, like a surfboard, you know? So each And each person had their preferred, you know, snowboard that they liked and shit, and their different tricks. Like, if you got to enough points, you could do their signature trick, right? It was okay. so good. And then plus on top of that, every character, like, had their own specific voice actor. And in the game, there was a special on each and every voice actor and how they – you know, brought their character to life. There was a soundtrack, like, and so I know I'm going like on and on and on about this, but like they had an announcer even who would be like, you know, funky dope maneuver, you know, when you would. Can we talk about your favorite character? Simon Stark, love him so. <laughs> Simon Stark was a character that was introduced in SSX Tricky. He's not an SSX original, although he is the only character from SSX Tricky that after that was in every game that followed SSX Tricky, right? The only one from SSX Tricky that ended up being in the third one, the fourth one. There was an on-tour and then the 2012 version. So he was really popular. Um, And, yeah, his character was great because he snowboarded, like, shirtless, and had a had a a move that was called the guillotine where he would take his snowboard and literally like throw it around his neck it was amazing so anyway <laughs> if let me stop about my absolute love for this game and just say it'd be a dope as shit like movie series you just have these like awesome snowboarders just like with the drama that goes on within the rivalry that could be a really good tv show too like a a series and you can even like listen i'm not even gonna play you guys know i love fan fiction and that's how like i definitely read a shit ton of ssx fan fiction back in the day and 
there was one where there was literally a murder, you know, while they were on tour and having to, like, who's the murderer? It's like, you could do some crazy shit, and there would be a horde of fans who would love that. Like, I always think of SSX fans as being small, right? But any time I post something SSX-related on Twitter, the amount of, like, responses I get, it's huge. They did this really cool thing, right? Um... So in 2012, because, okay, they came out with the first one, right, SSX. Then they came out with SSX Tricky, which was the most popular. Then they came out with SSX3, which I liked. Some people really disliked it because they took away the whole world tour thing, and they made it where it was in one single mountain. And then they came out with SSX Blur, which was kind of crap. It was for the Wii, so you had to do really weird things with your hands. And they had SSX on tour, which introduced skis, and, like, it's a snowboarding game. No one wants to do skis. So then it took, like, a year's break where there was no um, news about a new SSX game because I think Blur and on tour kind of ruined it. And then in 2011, they announced that in 2012 they were going to come out with an SSX game for the PS3. And SSX is done by EA Sports. And they had a contest where if you won, they flew you out to Canada and you got to play um, the 2012 version before it ever hit the market, right? Um, My friend Amanda won that contest. And she went to... I remember you telling me that's crazy. And so EA Sports literally flew her and her now husband, then boyfriend out to Canada to play the game before anyone else could. So it was just so cool, right? And I think I just mostly picked this game just because I love it so much, but I honestly think that you, like, these characters in real life, like, some of them, don't get me wrong, are so early 2000s, like, Elise's whole style Mac is, like, so a little mini Eminem, like, so hitting on, like, what was popular in, the like, 2005, 2006, but these characters would be so cool. It It's a sports movie you could bring it into, but also just these characters interacting with each other. It's There's you don't even need to make up a whole lot about these characters, right? Because the game already gave you exactly who these characters are, what their likes are, what their dislikes, God, what fucking underwear they wear. That's literally in the questionnaire, is what underwear they wear. And it's like... K-pop shit, Tia! (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Like, you knew everything about these characters because it was all given to you. And the whole world tour aspect of it would be a really cool series, as you said. Like, Every other episode could then be them going to a different thing, the pressure of having to, you know, uh, put on a show because you had some of the characters who obviously didn't like it, but they had to do it because of deals, you know, the money aspect and everything. Um, So they have to do this like marketing media charade, even though they don't like it particularly. Right. So you have all these things that you could get into. You could honestly make SSX tricky in the same vein that you make the boys. Right. Like don't you, you don't even have to take it that seriously. So, I'm sorry. I know I blabbed for so long. No, I went on about, I told you the whole plot of Walking Dead. 
But I just love SSX Tricky. I just fucking like the character. And, and each game, the characters just transformed. And it was awesome. I really liked the 2012 version. It felt like it felt like an upgraded version of SSX Tricky because they just recognized that that's what people liked about the series. And they were like, all right, we're going to bring back these aspects. And they brought back a really beloved character from SSX Tricky that wasn't in any other game. And then in 2012, like, I got it. And then there was, like, a new downloadable version. It's like, oh, we're bringing back Eddie Wachowski. And, like, you should have seen the whole form. It's like, Eddie's coming back. (laughs) I just I love that it was like your your childhood crush game. I was I had such a crush on this game. I spent way too many hours on this game just playing it. Let me tell you what I did. Can I tell you? Yes, tell me. So for those who don't know, um the PlayStation 2, right? You needed memory cards in order to save your game. You couldn't save your game on your disc, and you couldn't save your game on your actual PlayStation, right? You needed to insert these bulky-ass memory cards into your P- PlayStation. And it held a lot, don't get me wrong. Like it, like, it held a lot. But I still got several... I got two memory cards. One to be for every other game, and one to be... For SSX and SSX Tricky. Oh, my God, Tia. I didn't want it to be in any other freaking memory card other than, (laughs) like, I didn't want anything else to be in that memory card other than SSX. (laughs) Oh, I want it for you just because, like, I was looking while we were talking just to see if they were coming out with another game and just to see if possibly they still did it. I think it's kind of a... Remastering all the games onto the PS4, though. It'd be really cool if they remastered it. Um, I don't know if they're remaking it. I think it's kind of like a dead game. At the, not a dead game, but, you know, I think they, like, did what they did, and it's kind of like, all right, there's, you know, nothing else we can really do there. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but um, I was just going to say, I do know that... Um, do you remember the Game Boy Advance? Yes, I I played the hell out of that thing. Little block, little shit. Not a block, but it was long. They made... I'm sorry, my dog is running over my lap right now. They made a... a Game Boy Advance version of SSX Tricky that was so bad, though, because it didn't ever function right. Like, you would jump, and you're trying to, like, move to make a turn or a trick, and it just, like, free-floated pretty much and then crashed always on it. Like, you couldn't do the tricks that you wanted to do in the actual, like, PS2 game, so it was pretty fucking useless. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I like how you still played it, though, because it was SSX. SSX. Well, because I didn't know it was going to be terrible before I got it. All it was was, like, my mom had got me a Game Boy Advance, and I wanted to know what games to play. And I went to GameStop, and it was, like, SSX Tricky. And I was like, oh, my God, they made an SSX Tricky version of Game Boy Advance. I could play I could play it on the go. And then I was like, this is awful. <laughs> this is awful. <laughs> Want my money back? <laughs> GameStop's like, here's $3. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I'm having PTSD flashbacks. <laughs> but, Brittany, I'm, again, I know I blabbed about that. I will forever be passionate about SSX Tricky. Like, I can't, there, okay, 
There's a Discord for SSX Tricky out there. All right? There's a Discord. Maybe you should join that. I do, but I'm really terrible at keeping up with it. But there's an, a Discord of people who still talk about the game, still come up with artwork for original characters, still do this. So people who are listening, if EA Sports is listening, the fandom is out there. We're waiting. I will get the PS5 so fast if you say that that's coming out on the PS5. <laughs> and imagine they were like, they, uh, I was going to say something about like, the PS5 and how it's been so hard to get a hold of, and if they only made, like, one copy of it for the game, you'd be devastated. Oh, my God. But I'm just saying, if they said, hey, we're coming out with a new SSX, but it's only available on PS5, I'd be like, all right, give it to me. <laughs> you see signing a contract for your soul, like, okay, I didn't even have to think about it. Anyway. I didn't even have to think about it. They'd be like, SSX, okay, yeah. <laughs> I, forget, oh I forget now what it stands for because it actually does stand for something ssx um extreme. yeah everything back then was like extreme but it's really funny there was um there's this uh rock artist called biff naked and she voiced one of the characters zoe and on SSX Tricky during her little clip where they were, you know, exploring her voicing the character. There is one one clip where she's like, SSX? I thought it was S-E-X. <laughs> oh, my God. SSX originally stood for Snowboard Supercross. There you go. To, but according to 2012's SSX, the acronym in Team SSX means snowboarding, surfing, and motocross. Okay, there you go. Because I, I will say in the 2012 version, they did also include the skis, but it was more bearable. For some reason, it felt like better in the 2012 version than in On Tour. Because I think for on tour, you were forced to use skis, and you were like, this is a snowboarding game, why do I want to use skis? But in 2012, they gave you the option of whether or not you wanted to try it out with skis. So it just felt, like, better with skis for some reason in the 2012. Anyway, I'm sorry. I've blabbed, and those who are listening are probably like, please stop talking to you. But, Brittany, before we wrap everything up, did you have any honorable mentions you wish to throw out there? Uh, I don't. I don't think so. There's kind that like. I'm trying to think if I have anything, but I'm drawing a blank. I'm like, uh, uh, uh. I got nothing. Okay. Um, I had just kind of silly ones. I think Soul Caliber too would wouldn't be a bad one, kind of like the same reasons why I said for Tekken. Um, I thought Super Smash Brothers would be kind of cool. It'd be like how you said you like Kingdom Hearts because you would just see all of them together. I think that'd be kind of cool, right? Um, Because they actually have plots to them normally about like Master Hand and stuff and how all these characters go at it to beat the shit out of Master Hand would be pretty dope. 
I think so. Um, and the last one is kind of funny because I had this whole image in my head of a Sims game where you have people who are being controlled like they're in a simulation. Their, like, personalities and consciousness are in a simulation that is being controlled by these people outside of the simulation, so they can't literally go to the bathroom unless, like, the people who are watching the simulation allow them to, like, go to the bathroom, kind of how, like, you know, how you play The Sims, right? And you have to click on them to go to the toilet and shit or for them to eat or else they sit there waving at you going, help me. I don't know what to do. Um, so it'd be like that. It's kind of <laughs> fucked up, but I thought it'd be funny. Fuck you, don't let me go pee. And they're like, why don't you pee yourself? Why don't you go? <laughs> it could be like um, a version of the Truman Show, the movie, right? Like where it's like they, or maybe they think they're, the like they think that they're just really in life, but in reality their world is being controlled by these like Can other I people. Can Ryan Reynolds like an N- NPC? Yeah, yeah, right? Like Ryan Reynolds could yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds could do it. I was say, well, because Ryan Reynolds is about to be in a movie, like where he plays like an NPC in like a game, and he's just trying oh, to stay alive. In Free Guy, right? Yeah, I need to play that. <laughs> I need to watch that. Sorry, one of the cats is being a big distraction right now. This is what happens when you have five cats in the house. Oh wait, you have five cats. You get it. I have four. Have <laughs> At this point, you have four. But I do yeah, have well, counts as a cat. The fucking cats are bigger than your dog. I know. But, um, Brittany, it has been amazing doing the top ten um, video games we'd like to see in live action. I certainly hope those who are listening also tell us what kind of video games you would think would be um, a great movie or TV show. Before I let you go, Britt, why don't you plug your stuff, let us know what you got going on the horizon, and if you don't play Cooking Simulator tonight, I'm not tuning in. <laughs> well, I have a poll going on right now on voting on which game I play, and I think Cooking Simulator is going to win, so if you want to vote for that, better go do it. Yeah, Tia. You better go do it. I did. I, I did vote. I put oh, I put simulator. Uh, uh, but if you want to find me, just find me on Twitch at itty bitty bread. Uh, I play cooking simulator. Uh, it was between that and Visage, which is a very horribly scary game that makes me want to cry at night. Um, because it has ghosty boys in it, and I don't like ghosts. I I legitimately am terrified of ghosts IRL, and. Uh, if you want to find me on Twitter, find me at IttyBittyBrit0. Still trying to learn YouTube editing, like video editing, so I can start posting like the the, 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 the good shit of those VODs so that it's a little easier for people to watch just on the fly. But yeah, that's where you can find me. Well, if you ever need any help with Filmora, you got your girl here. I know what I'm doing. You're <laughs> the best. You're the best. But everyone, please make sure that you check out Brittany's stuff. She's a very dedicated streamer who dedicates a lot of time to make y'all entertained. So make sure you give her the views and all that good stuff. Um, as for me, you can check me out, geekfivesnation.com. It has links to all of our social media as well as my social media, which is uh, Tia Fabi on Twitter and Instagram. 
We are also on YouTube at Geek Vibes Podcast. You can check us out. I have a few videos up there right now, um, a few interviews out there, all that good stuff. So please make sure that you check it out. Please continue to support us. We really appreciate it, and we will see you on the next Top 10. Bye. See you all later. Bye, guys.